Welcome to the Bible Preacher, your weekly podcast where we talk about the Bible and we make a playlist. I'm Matt Kittle, pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Los Angeles, California. And I'm Zach Pearson, the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry at the University of Colorado, Boulder. And it's, uh, it's great to be on the, on the pod with you today. <laughs> Zach, it's been a bit, big weekend. Big, big we week? We secured our tickets. Oh, we did. That's Coachella, right. Coachella Valley Music and Arts Festival. It's not where, you know, Jesus sends us out in two by two. Mm-hmm. Or in fives. Or in fives. Five of us going? Five? Uh, right now? Is it Five. I also hear that uh, Tyra, our, our, our guest to the pod, friend of the pod, Tyra Dennis, is going with a group, uh, but she's not staying in the, the, the poor people tents. They're going to get a fancy place. Ooh. I invited I a friend of the pod, Bishop Kevin Strickland. Uh, he, <laughs> Did you invite him? Yeah. He gave us a soft no. A soft no. He doesn't know, well, like, he, because he's still, he doesn't know what his schedule is going to be like. He could do, I mean, if he could say the installation. He could do the installation at, I mean, it'd be. Guy be okay with that, you think? Coming onto his turf to. It's actually in Pacifica. Is it Pacifica? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we have maybe, to figure out who's the bishop Andy down there. Taylor. Yeah, we talked to Andy Taylor, yep. Yep, so that's, uh, that's Pacifica as Coachella. How exciting. We had the, the te- weekend, too. We had the, the fun fun text chain going on. I was uh, sitting in a funeral while I was participating in some of the text chain. Uh, yes. I had like a, one of those crazy campus ministry days uh, or pastor job days where uh, what did I do? I had to drop my daughter off. I wanted to sneak in a run. I had to go to a funeral that I wasn't performing right, but that I needed to be at. Went to the reception, dipped out of the reception to get in line for Coachella tickets. Uh, then got home to record a podcast and to work on some stuff with Savannah Sullivan, friend of the pie. Uh, just a crazy, typical, you know, uh, day of work. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, insane. Thank you for waiting in line. I was at my daughter's uh, graduation ceremony. Graduation I hope that when I texted to the group to that I... It was afraid I had accidentally purchased tickets to weekend one that there was appropriate uh, concern. I definitely panicked, but then decided I was not going to respond and just cross my fingers that it was a joke. I was just, but I was, but I definitely had that like, like moment of panic, you know, where the, the, the floor drops out, that feeling. And then I, but I was like, I he think he's probably joking, but there's a chance. <laughs> it was a joke. It was a joke. Good. I'm glad to know it. It's hard to tell yep. whether it landed. Uh, um, and Kevin got kicked out, but he was serious. He actually, <laughs> yeah, technical yeah. difficulties, but it still worked. Still worked. We got the tickets. They have got the payment plan. plan this year, so that's nice. Did you do the payment plan? I did the payment plan. Yeah. Oh, nice. So mm-hmm. you put twenty five dollars down, and I just paid twenty five dollars for three tickets to Coachella. <laughs> Amazing. That's how it works, right? Huh? Oh, I got a new. I forgot to text it. I got a new tent at Costco. Ooh. Yeah, it's like it's like ninety percent blocks ninety percent of the sun rays or something. So I'm Ooh. like, hey, that could be useful. That and could be useful. We got a heavy duty USC uh, little mm-hmm. pop up tent this time, so uh, you don't have to pack one from Colorado. <laughs> I might have some other trash that I want Southwest to take out to, to California for me. I uh, Matt, I've got a bunch of, of camping stuff now that, that most likely doesn't have bed bugs. Um, <laughs> so I'll bring that. It'll be great. And we don't even know who's playing. This is the crazy thing about buying Coachella. We don't. Even, we have no idea. We have absolutely no idea. I'm hoping that this is. They're going to think about it like, um, 
like it's going to be like a little affair reunion because I feel like that Ooh. would make you most happy. Yeah. It was like maybe Sheryl Crow and mm-hmm. uh, who, who else are we thinking? Tori Amos, Jewel. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. If you could bring All Saints back together. Yep. Yep. Mm. There we go. That would do yep. it. Or if you could do some like. Natalie Merchant. Oh, oh man, Natalie Merchant. Natalie oh. Merchant. Uh, Tiger Lily. If they just played the Tiger Lily album. Like, would do one of those deals, right? Oh. Uh, Natalie and Brulia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already torn. Mm-hmm. I'm a lot of faith. This is how I feel. Nelly Furtado. Uh, Fiona <laughs> Apple. I would be, I would be legit excited about seeing. Fiona Apple. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Um, spoiler alert. Probably none of these people will be there, but. Uh, when when do we find out? Because Hannah was a bit disturbed that uh, I didn't know who the lineup was going, what the lineup was going to be, and I didn't know when I would know. So we've been super lucky, right? Like we got Beyonce. Uh, my first year, it was ACDC. I think it was ACDC. I want to say Jack White <laughs> and uh, and Drake. And Drake was not great. I don't. I was not that impressed. Uh, I mean, he was fine, but like, so I. I feel, you know, it's going to be hard to top Beyonce, but I feel like they've moved on past the, like, my second year with Guns N' Roses. Wow. Also, yeah. Really, right? So I feel like they moved beyond the, like, reunion tour mm-hmm. stuff. So I, I have no idea. But, uh, I mean, maybe Vampire Weekend, right? That's got to be, like, fit in their tour. They're probably, like, launching a tour. Yeah. Maybe they get added to the tail. I'm trying to think of, like, who's putting out albums in the next. Yeah. We'll see. We will see. I'm excited. I hope to see Matt. I don't know if you've seen the Netflix movie Always Be My Maybe. <laughs> I've heard of it. I haven't seen it yet. Matt, you need to see it. Okay. It's a good rom-com. Uh, it has a number of musical tie-ins to the pod that are worth it, right? Always Be a Maybe, of course, is a playoff of Mariah Carey's Always Be My Baby. After watching it, of course, we've listened and watched, gosh, the music video for Always Be My Baby is still so good at the summer camp. Um... But Randall Park, who's the, the male lead, is a member of a, a hip-hop band in the movie uh, called Hello Peril. Uh, and they play songs, and they're really good. And, they're out, and their stuff is now on Spotify and what? downloaded on my phone. Uh, it's really good. And they have a song called uh, I Punch Keanu Reeves. Uh, what? It's legit good. It has that kind of Blue Scholars kind of feel to it. Uh, that nothing lately is really uh, the scratch that nothing lately has itched for me. Check it out, Hello Peril on Spot. I couldn't work them onto the playlist today, but there's only three songs, so it's not hard. It's kind of hard to the catalog's not vast, but it's legit good, and it's really Randall yeah. Park uh, rapping. I punched Keanu Reeves, and it was better than anything you could see in Speed. He could duck bullets, but he couldn't duck me. Uh, real good stuff. Check it out. Check it out, listeners. Mm-hmm. Matt, I'm also really excited. We have some new stuff going on in my life. I'm headed to Boston this week uh, for the Lumen Staff Conference. Uh, kind of Bean doing Town. Bean Town. It's my first time outside of the airport in uh, in Bean Town. Little disappointed with the schedule of events. There's no athlete like the base. We're staying next to Fenway. No baseball games while we're there. What? Uh, yeah, great. And no concerts of note either. So I guess I'll just participate fully in the life of the, of the conference, which is Lenny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most importantly, though, Matt, this will be my first um, red-eyeing it tonight. I'm going to go from here, pick up my daughter, bring her back, drop off, and then go to the airport. Uh, red-eyeing tonight on JetBlue. I've never JetBlued. I'm really excited. Cool. Good luck. Thanks. <laughs> Hope that goes well. Overnight. How long is that flight? Oh, I'll leave at 10.30, get there at 4.30 Eastern, 2.30, four hours, I guess. 
It's already delayed. Cool. Well, uh, and uh, Vinyl Preacher going to have a, a role at Lumen. That's right. We're uh, kind of Vinyl Preaching the last uh, worship, sir, the closing worship. Call of Levi, which is a sneaky part of Luke. Uh, sneak peek here. Uh, you're going to listen to this after it's happened. But uh, I went with, gosh, what did I put on the playlist? I put Everything is Everything by uh, Lauren Hill. Uh, and then I went Love, Love, Love by the Mountain Goats is what I did. Love is the thing that that, uh, that is a consuming, uh, sometimes destructive thing. And then uh, Everything is Everything. Nice. Excellent video as well I watched this week. City of New York is a, is a record on a turntable, uh, and the needle runs along the grooves. The streets are the grooves. What? Worth your YouTube deep dive. Uh, but you're headed uh, on the road, yeah? Yep. A Midwest um, tour, summer Midwest tour, two K one summer Midwest, summer Midwest tour. We're gonna do uh, we're gonna do part of the tour this year, and then I'm gonna leave my family, come back here to work for a week. That's <laughs> the way to do it. Them. You're gonna get so much done. Well, it's coming back for a week of day camp, so I don't know if I get stuff done, but I'll mm. be running around with little kids. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, we're going to fly, um, you're going to fly JetBlue. We're going to fly United, hopefully, uh, where we couldn't find any reasonably priced tickets. So we're going to fly standby. And uh, the flights looked amazing last week. They were wide open. And then uh, as of yesterday, they look horrible. So uh, that's, um, you know, it's always an adventure when you fly standby uh, by yourself. But uh, flying it with two toddlers should be fun. Just with the toddlers one at a time on their own plane. <laughs> yeah. Go, go, Maya, go. Go. I'm minors. It happens all the time. Hey, you know what else I did with my kids? Uh, this is totally irrelevant to the pod. I took them to a baseball game on I Sunday. I saw them. Do you know how much uh, baseball that we watched? Uh, I mean, I, I would guess very little. I'd say about five minutes. Five minutes? That's good. Yeah, a three-hour game. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. I mean, we had fun. I just didn't watch the whole other the actual game. That's probably Hannah's preferred way to watch baseball. <laughs> Dodger Stadium is nice. There's a little playground in the park. You can let them run around a little bit, and uh, then you get your baseball game food. I uh, made the choice to go with some carne asada fries, uh, which was a bad idea. It was a bad idea. Uh, and then I told Chris it was a bad idea as I was eating them, and she said, yeah, didn't you get those last year? And I said, yes, I did. Why do I never learn? Uh, that reminds me that on our Coachella checklist, we need to, to be sure to put the ceviche on the checklist so that we can pack it with us and have ceviche all weekend. Ceviche. That is, that is an annual tradition that yeah. we started last year. Always a good idea to have hot car ceviche. Uh, should we dive into these texts? Let's, uh, let's get into it, man. Third Sunday after Pentecost. So I ordered uh, these little celebrate inserts from my church this summer, and they unfortunately have the complimentary texts. Mm. Do you have the semi-continuous text in front of you? I do. What's the semi-continuous text? The semi-continuous text picks it up, still with Elijah, in chapter 19 of 1 Kings, uh, right? So uh, get up and eat is what we have. We had the, the rap battle. Eight mile style with the prophets of Baal, uh, Elijah, Elijah wins. Uh, and then by hand slaughters, 450 prophets of Baal. Uh, then uh, 
Yahweh reveals themselves to Elijah in the, in, in the quiet, in the stillness, in the nothing, uh, and sends him on, uh, keeps him going. Uh, and so that's where we pick it up. The Lord said to Elijah, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, uh, where you shall anoint Hazel as king over Aram. Uh, you shall also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, as king over Israel, and you shall anoint Elisha. Oh, this is important. Elisha, son of Shaphat, Shaphat, of Abba, Abel Mehola, Abel Mehola, as prophet in your place. Good luck to all of your lectionary readers out there this week, especially the ones who didn't prepare ahead of time. Uh, and so he set out from there, and he found Elisha, who was plowing, farming. There were 12 yoke of oxen ahead of him, and he was with the 12th. And Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle over him. I wonder if they exchanged any words before mantle, like a cape-like thing. Uh, Elijah just ran up and stuck it over the top of his head. He left the oxen and ran after Elijah presumably to beat him up. Uh, but he said, let me kiss my father and my mother and I will follow you. And Elijah said to him, go back again for what have I done to you? Which is the question I have as well. What have I done to you? Uh, he returned from following, took the yoke of the ox and more bloodshed, slaughtered all of the ox using the equipment from the oxen. He then boiled their flesh and gave it to the people and they ate. And then he set out and followed Elijah and became his servant. It's the call story of Elisha with boiled ox flesh. Amazing call story. You know, I wish more people's call stories at seminary and in discernment retreats when you went around the circle and told your call story involved slaughtering oxen and boiling their flesh. I mean, the amazing thing, like, can you imagine? You're, it's your uh, entrance interview. And, uh, like, so how do you discern your call? Well, this guy, like, ran up to me behind me, came up from behind threw this mantle over me and then we had some boiled oxen it was good oxtail it's excellent oxtail is lovely that's my but call story so. there it is wow uh what a text here matt uh the contemporary might be a better way to go this week just because it's a little crazy um the tension between when elijah says let me go kiss my father and my mother and then i will follow you and then elijah says it doesn't make a ton of sense go back again for what have i done to you um, and then he, which doesn't make a lot of sense, and then he goes and slaughters the oxen and cooks it and feeds people, and then they, he sets out and follows. He still does something before he follows. Yeah, it's a really, it's one of those stories where, like, if you took the broad strokes of, like, okay, God's raising up new leaders, and that's good news, like, you go the broad strokes, you could preach from it, and you get into the details of it, the nitty-gritty of it, and it's like, what? Like, I wonder how how creative you'd have to be to kind of um, put ourselves in the mindset so that this isn't a weird thing, or maybe it's weird in the right kind of way. But it takes some work. It's an interesting lectionary text. I mean, the Elijah Elisha thing is important, right? Like this idea that like Elijah passes the baton to Elisha, and this is like a critical thing. It's a critical move for the life of faith to be passing the baton um, and raising up leaders consistently. This is what God does. Uh, but what a weird. What a weird way to do it. Yeah. And I think the, the how I might go about resolving some of that tension that makes it confusing for me, that I, that I think we could find a, a good question to ask kind of rhetorically, is that going back to kiss my mother and my father uh, is a way of maintaining what, what, what Elisha has, whereas it's okay to wait 
for Elijah to get rid of things, uh, to give away what he has, to feed the people. Um, and so I think that's the, the nuance that, that maybe where you might be able to make some, some hay there. Because this is a story, right, and it's going to bleed into uh, the gospel story as well, about, right, kind of the taking up your cross and following. Uh, it's like the call of Levi that I'm preaching on this week, uh, that Levi leaves everything, and that that's a necessary component, an essential element of what it means to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't mean you have to drop everything right now and to go. Uh, but if you're going to stay, here's the work you have to do if you stay. The other tension that it has with just kind of the season is that most of the time in the life of the church, in the life of the campus ministry, summer doesn't feel like a real now kind of season. Days are lazier. Good luck trying to get anything done in a congregation in the summer because nobody's around and there's not a whole lot of immediacy. And yet this text seems to be pretty immediate. It was very immediate, at least for the for the oxen, who were ironically murdered with their own equipment. <laughs> <laughs> Using the equipment from the oxen. Also, you're cutting out some pretty sick verses here, too. Uh, whoever escapes the sword of Hazel, Jehu shall kill, or Yehu shall kill. And whoever escapes from the sword of Jehu, Elisha shall kill. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. Uh, a little bloodthirsty section here. I mean, it's incredible. Like, yeah, first and second Kings, just an incredible... Uh, storytelling but challenging to navigate i mean and i think maybe it's worth noting too having 12 oxen sounds like a lot of oxen at the time i mean 12 ox that's yeah i mean that's that's well above the poverty line i, I would expect um yeah that i think it would be much more common for folks to have a have a goat or some sheep right um yeah probably just a goat would be the way to go because you could get milk and stuff out of it and so recognizing the, the massive sacrifice that Elisha, Elisha is making, perhaps, is, is another angle, another way into the story. And that he's turning his back on all of that wealth by not going back to, by severing the relationship with his mother and father. And his mother and father probably did not expect that he would slaughter what is probably his, uh, his father's 12 oxen and just feed them to people. Well, I think all this is going to come back around in the gospel. It's pretty uh, complimentary. <laughs> you see some similar things. Do you want to do Galatians or you want to jump to Luke? We can jump to Luke. So Luke is also a call story. What? Mm. I thought we just got those in January. Right. We're getting them in June. Nobody's going to hear them. I think it's a tough. So I tried to map out the summer. Uh, and it was kind of, it's kind of tough to figure out like a consistent, I mean, Jesus is on the way, but I feel like I'm trying to go deeper than just the the usual on the way stuff, but let's start with the five, starts with this call story. Next week, we're going to get the sending of the 70. She's going to send them out. Okay. That makes sense. Calling, sending. Um, but then we get like parables. We get a good Samaritan. We get a Mary and Martha story. We get the Lord's prayer. We get the rich fool in his barns. We get where your treasure is. We get I've come to bring peace and division and fire. We get the bent over woman being raised up. And then we get this banquet and who's at the table. A lot of good stuff, but I'm having a tough time finding the, the thread, a thematic thread. A little eclectic. Yeah, a little eclectic. Yeah. Morning becomes eclectic. The lectionary hey, becomes eclectic. big news this week, Matt. <laughs> I know, I know. Jason, Jason Bentley. Bentley. 
music director and host of One Becomes Eclectic is stepping down. There's a job opening. They're even going to turn to two, two, two positions. Matt, maybe this is what we were meant to do. <laughs> you ever said the Bible preacher? Let's apply. We should, yeah, you, yeah. Right? We've got Let's apply and see what happens. three years of semi-professional radio experience. And we Indeed. saw Jason Bentley perform along with 12 other people at Coachella. That's right. That's right. We couldn't find <laughs> the freaking augmented reality sharks anywhere. Oh, wow. Coachella so much fun. So, uh, we're at Luke 9. Luke 9. We're just after the transfiguration here, man. Yeah. Yeah. After the transfiguration. So when the days uh, drew near... For Jesus to be taken up, he sets his face to go to Jerusalem. So, like you said, right after transfiguration, he sent messengers ahead of him. Uh, and on their way, they're in a, vill- a village of the Samaritans. So maybe there we go. We've got a little Samaritan foreshadowing uh, coming up. But they did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. You know, it's funny, like, because we're going to hear in the Good Samaritan, and we're going to be like, we're going to do all that stuff. We're like, yeah, Samaritans, like, didn't get along here. Some of this history. But actually, like, even just from a literary perspective, it's set up here already, right? Jesus already has had a rejection from this very group of people. Um, so they get rejected, and James and John are like, so um, do you want us to pull in Elijah and have fire come down? I think, so there's some textual variance here, Matt. Yeah. Uh, I think what one of the sources says that they that James and John saw it, and they said to Jesus, would you like to would you like us to write a strongly worded op-ed for the local paper? <laughs> Yeah, right. Some sources say that. Yeah. Uh, a little stronger. Do you want us to um, Chakaris this thing and just uh, call on Drogon? Uh, but Jesus is like, no, uh, that's not uh, exactly what I said. Nope. Uh, so they went on to another village. Uh, and as they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. What a kiss ass. Uh, and Jesus <laughs> says to him, and Jesus sees right through it. Uh, Jesus says, foxes have holes, birds they have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. To another, he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me go and bury my father. Ooh, that sounds like Elisha. Uh, and Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I'll follow you, Lord. But uh, first, let me farewell, say farewell to those in my home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts a hand at the plow and looks back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Good Hard news words. for everybody. Good summertime, breezy, just a breezy gospel here for your summertime uh, church picnic. Really good message. Lovely, <laughs> lovely. But follow, I mean, it's at like, so there's some follow me. There's some thinking about uh, discipleship and what that looks like. It's setting us up to be thinking about the life of faith and what that might look like. Um, there are some travels happening here. If you want to make some travel connections, mm, uh, yeah. I know like you're going to get that again next week and what that might look like. Um, I don't know. Interesting stuff. Now, I want to pair it with the transfiguration text from just before. Uh, if you recall, at the transfiguration text, uh, Peter, James and John, James and John still hot, hot from that transfiguration experience. Uh, they have everything is transfigured. Uh, and I believe it's Peter who says uh, we should make we should build three houses here. Uh, one for you and Moses and Elijah. Uh, we should stay here. 
But Jesus is like, no, and things disappear, and they have to come down off the mountain. They can't stay on top of the mountain. Um, probably, a commentary as I read uh, suspected that the, the rejection by the village of the Samaritans here, uh, right, it says it, they did not receive him because his face was set towards Jerusalem. Um, Jesus had, they did not receive him because Jesus had no intention of staying in that Samaritan village. Why are we going to put out and be hospitable to you when you just want to pass through here and get to the next place? Mm -hmm. Uh, So we look at talking about your doors opening here to sort of presence things. Um, But even then that, that next and the second half of this, of this reading, I will follow you wherever you go in their minds. They're all thinking that he's going to Jerusalem to build this kingdom in Jerusalem. And so perhaps we can read between the lines here that when they say, I will follow you wherever you go, uh, mm-hmm. perhaps what they're saying is, I will follow you wherever you end up. I will go to the place where you end up going. Uh, and what Jesus is trying to, to pull them and us into is this kingdom of God that is not, a, uh, I hate to use the, the super stereotypical cheese ball. Uh, it's, it's the way is not about the destination, right? But about, uh, this continual movement uh, that the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So in that way, it's super for me, right? Super, still super uh, Camino de Santiago-ish. Only a couple weeks left, right? Um, one of the, the observations that our students made uh, was that it felt really weird to arrive in Santiago. I don't think anybody thought they would have uh, some sort of giant... Uh, spiritual ecstatic experience when we got to like the cathedral in Santiago, but it was still anticlimactic. It was just like, oh, I guess we're here now. Um, and it was only this a couple hours versus the eight or nine days we had spent. I mean, the, the 10, 12 days we had spent journeying and traveling to get there. And it was like the, the vision of the, of the, of the dwelling places at, uh, on the transfiguration disappeared in front of us would you say that life is about the journey not the destination (laughs) Uh, i would try to go only not to say that though i'd try to find like i would try to say that but i would definitely try not to use those words (laughs) yeah indeed i think it's kind Um, of i mean it's yeah 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 Try to say that, but not to use those words. Uh, can I use this moment to interject uh, this Bruce Springsteen quote that I put on Facebook? Oh, please. <laughs> it's Vinyl Preacher related, man. Yeah. So I read, uh, by the way, we're going to get Rick Fry on the podcast to talk about this new Springsteen album because I think that'd be really fun. And you cool. can just listen to us talk. <laughs> I'll, I'll listen to the album ahead of time. Recently upgraded to uh, Spotify Premium. I did a little Springsteen deep dive while I was reading reviews. And this is from an interview about Springsteen on Broadway from a couple of years ago. And he says this, Springsteen says, uh, I think an audience always wants two things. They want to feel at home and they want to be surprised. And I go out every time to try to do those two things. I try to make people feel that they've come to some place that they've known for a long time. And then also try to surprise them with some new insight or new form or new energy or just a new way of doing something. Uh, and then he goes on to talk about Born to Run, this song he's done like a million times. But he says the key is you have to approach it not as repetition, but as renewal. Uh, and I just think that's that's so similar. I feel like we've tried to say some similar things on the pod before, too, where you're like you're trying to say something familiar enough. Where people go like sometimes I might even say the phrase 
journey to the destination. And then everybody's head nods, right? Because there you see like the heads nodding, and then you flip it somehow, um, or you give it some new little spice that people go, oh, right? Because um, you do both thing, you do both things, right? So sometimes it's useful to have those. Uh, I mean, I I did say it ironically because I knew you would roll your eyes, but there's there is a little bit of that, right? Say something familiar and then infuse it uh, with something fresh. Yeah. So could still work. Could still journey not the destination it. Just then do something new with that. Yeah. What's the new thing we're gonna do with this, man? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good question. I mean, I think I think maybe here's oh I mean, of course, this is the vinyl preacher, so my suggestion is to muddy the waters. I've been uh I was listening surprise uh to Dawes the other day uh and i was i've been i've been playing a little bit of dawes uh in in that great western skyline and uh i love dawes uh for their kind of they have so many songs that are like yearning western rambly songs right uh and i've loved them because they've hit like the the notes of my life uh but i don't know that they've ever if they i don't know that they've always been super life-giving uh (laughs) Uh, maybe pastoral, but not. It didn't help me move me into new life. Always uh, that these that that yearning journey thing, right? The the danger of it is that it can always. Rem- we can live too much in saying that this is not the place that we've got to keep moving. We've got to keep going, um, and that's not exactly what this text says. That that first half of the text, perhaps what it's saying, is the Samaritans rejected Jesus and lost out on that life because they were too worried about the future. So there is a presence, a present thing in the first half. So there's this, I think, this creative tension between rejecting Jesus uh, because this is not going to be where Jesus is going to build his his kingdom, about what's going to be tomorrow. That yes, but on the other hand, yes, right, that it's, it's about the journey and not the destination. But it's not about tomorrow on the journey. It's about today on the journey. Maybe that's enough nuance to... Because I can romanticize the hell out of rambling songs, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it also strikes me, I'm, I'm pulled toward this. If I think about the destination here, um, it's the it's the kingdom of God, right? That's got to be... But then the question becomes, what is that? Is that a place or is that... Is that something... How do we think about what that destination is? Because um, kingdom of God comes up twice here, right? That's where we're... That's where we're going. Well, you got any rambly songs for us this week? As we we ramble through the summer? Rambling? Can that be my theme? Rambling? That's a real South L.A. theme. Rambling? Oh, man. There's so many. First, I want to shout out to uh, the late uh, South L.A. hero, Nipsey Hussle. I mean, he's got a grind mode. So I think there's some grind mode to this. These texts... I'm going to go Blue Scholars. I've been listening to them a little bit since Hello Peril snuck in the door. No rest for the weary. Man, then then I've got to do the classic. i got to go Ramblin' Man, the Allman Brothers. <laughs> no choice. Nice. Other ones I had, man. Well, I'll let you go before I steal your thing. Well, again, I'm just, uh, I'm super into this Springsteen album. It's just, I, uh... So my problem is that I somehow am a massive fan of two artists that are easily stereotyped from the outside. And people are like, ugh. 
but uh, but they're really good when you get into them. Uh, so Springsteen's new album is called Western Stars, and he's like dressing up like a cowboy. I mean, it's like so uh, has the potential to be such uh, cornball, uh, but it is it's just beautiful. Just it's just it's beautiful. And he's got these like very like romantic. Uh, I mean, romance, like the romance of the road. And then it goes, and then it kind of like things fall apart, which is just, uh, you know, your classic going West story, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. And then there's like these little orchestral things. It's just, it's so good. Rick Fry are gonna, and I are going to come in and talk about this. Uh, and the cover of the album has a horse on it. Uh, just fantastic. <laughs> if there's not a horse on the album, is get it really out of my face? Okay. Get out right. of my Sam Goody. I do not need to Western. waste my time. Your album cover art that has no horses on it. Western stars. Biggest problem I have with the Beatles. No horses. <laughs> no horses. <laughs> so the opening song uh, from Western Stars is called Hitchhiking. Hitchhiking. Mm. And the melody of this song, like just the way it like opens up, though, like it's got this like, it's like longing, but there's like a... There's like a hopefulness to it, but it's kind of twinged with like a, I don't even know how to describe it, but I just love the little melody of this song. Uh, Hitchhiking, opening track from Springsteen's new uh, Western Stars album. So I put that in there, Hitchhiking for this on the road, rambling theme of a week. Uh, And then I just, uh, (laughs) I'll follow you wherever you may go. So can we do, I will follow him. I will follow him. I, uh... That classic that I think is in like, uh, isn't that what? What's that movie? That Sister Act. Spliced, yeah, Sister Act. Right. I, uh, my uh, fifth grade yeah. youth choir performed a version of it uh, in church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll go the original by uh, a little Peggy March, but uh, yeah, Sister Act. I will follow him. Oh, I mean, other ones, Matt. I really like uh, Yonder Mountain String Band's Rambler's Anthem. It didn't quite fit the mood here. Uh, Ramble On, of course, by Led Zeppelin. Time to Move On by Tom Petty. Uh, There's Time to Move On is by uh, also a song by uh, The Band. Uh, Portugal the Man Had Keep On. Mm. There's a lot of options. (laughs) So many. Well, it's going to be a long summer. Ramble. Well, I think that's what we got today. <laughs> it's been uh, it's been real, real rambling. <laughs>